Well, welcome to Church on the Rock. We are so happy to have you guys here worshiping with us tonight. As I was praying about the service, the scripture that I got was Psalms 103, verse 1 and 2. It says, Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord, and may I never forget the good things that He's done for me. So tonight, as we enter into His presence, and as we enter into this worship, I just encourage you to remember how good the Lord is. Your kingdom has no end Cause you are 
Somebody give him some praise in this place tonight. Oh, we bless you, Jesus. For you alone are worthy, oh Lord. We paid it all, oh God. We paid it all, oh Lord.
That's it. Come on, somebody just praise him right now. this time if you could go ahead and be seated and just keep that that heart of worship as we continue to worship they're going to serve you with communion at this time
Praise the Lord. Keep singing, Pastor. Victorious are we now. Victorious, victorious are we now. And how beautiful, and how beautiful the blood flows. And how merciful the blood shown. this is a day of celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord and communion is special as I was praying to the Lord and asking him about a focus for communion I felt the Lord draw me to the scripture in Romans and it says this it's high time to awake out of sleep for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed this is talking about the coming of the Lord it's talking about eternity the night is far spent the day is at hand cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Communion is a great time for readjustment in life. It's a great time to take a pause and say, Lord, how have I been living? Has my focus of my life been right? Has sin become too comfortable for me? Am I headed in the right direction? But the word of communion tonight was a word of encouragement for us because, my friends, no matter how dark the world is, how many know Jesus makes all things okay? And Jesus gives us hope for a bright future. I tell you, if you read the newspapers and if you look out in the world, how I many know it looks pretty dark out there? It looks pretty dark because uh, uh, Iran's going to get nuclear missiles and they're getting all this money from America to support terrorism. You think about politics in America today and you think about the economy of the world, the economy of our nation. You think about so many different things and if you're not careful, you think about the loss of religious freedom in America and persecution of Christians around the world. And if you're not careful, you can let your head drop. But I believe the Lord's telling us today, lift up your head, friends, because Jesus is coming back one day. And he's not coming back as a little baby in a manger. How many know he's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords? And we'll reign with him, the Bible says, forever and evermore. Well, the Bible tells us these great words. Paul the Apostle, he said, I received from the Lord Jesus that which I delivered to you. And on the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread with his disciples. This is the Last Supper. It's in the upper room. It's called communion, the Lord's Supper. Some call it the Eucharist, but it all means remembrance of what Christ has done. It's a fellowship meal with Jesus. It's an affirmation that I belong to Christ. When he'd given thanks over the bread, he broke it. And Jesus told those disciples, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, with bread in hand, I just would pray that the Holy Spirit might help us more than just a sentimental feeling but the reality of what it meant that your body was broken and bruised, emaciated for us, that you took the penalty of our sins on the tree of the cross of Calvary. Let us live our lives in such a way that we're grateful and thankful and we express our thanks to you. Lord, as we ask you to bless the bread, I pray if there's any sick in our midst, they be healed, body, soul, and spirit. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. Same manner, Jesus also took the cup after supper. Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant. It's a promise between God and man. It's a covenant in my blood. And this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The blood of Christ is significant for the Christian. 
It was significant ever since Adam and Eve left that Garden of Eden and God clothed them with animal skins. How I many know God didn't go to Dillard's to get a fur coat for Adam and Eve? An animal lost its life, and the reason is because the teaching of the Bible that life is in the blood, and without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. This reminds us of the blood of Christ, that his blood was shed on the cross for us. He paid the penalty and price for your sins and mine. Come on. So we wouldn't have to stand before him on judgment day to be judged for our sins, but we could know the forgiveness of God. So today, Lord, we do many things with this cup. First of all, we're grateful, grateful for forgiveness. We confess our sins before you. We also, Lord, forgive those that have sinned against us. But we pray, Lord, that you would wash us and clean, make us clean and new and fresh. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us as the Scripture says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We love not our lives unto death. We love you, Lord. We lift our cup to heaven and we remember you because you are coming again. Bless this cup as we celebrate this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Let's stand back to our feet and worship again. Put the cup in the back of your chair.
Give him some praise in his house. He is greater, amen. Well, why don't you turn around and greet two or three people tonight and tell them how happy you are to see him in God's house. Welcome to Church on a Rock. We're so glad you're here worshiping with us. In the back of the chair in front of you, we have a lot of information about our church. Our inside look lets you know everything about who we are and what we believe in. Our ministry guide gives you plenty of opportunities to get connected through classes, small groups, and outreach opportunities. If you're a first time guest, please fill out the white card in the seat back in front of you. You can either drop it in the offering or you can take it across the hall to the Connect Room where you'll receive a free gift bag. We offer Saturday night meals and snacks between Sunday services. And don't forget, the coffee bar is always open. We're so glad you're here and we hope that you know there's always a place for you at Church on the Run. Our new fall semester is here, and our brand new ministry guide full of classes, small groups, and outreaches to help you get better connected to God, friends, ministry, and the world. Open up a ministry guide in the chair back in front of you and find a place for you to grow deeper in your walk with God. As a woman, every day is a fight. Like a small boat in the ocean, making bigger waves. Emotion like how a single word can make a heart open. I might only have one match, I can make an explosion. A fight for my home, a fight for my family, my friendships, my faith. Life is full of ups and downs, but no matter what happens, I'll never back down from the fight. This is my fight song. Take back my life. Join us at the annual Church on the Rock Women's Conference as we prepare to fight. October 16th and 17th at the beautiful Hilton Rockwall Lakefront Resort. Register today at churchontherock.org. 
The journey of life can be difficult. Here at Church on the Rock, we want to help your journey by connecting you to God, friends, ministry, and the world. We offer four classes on Wednesday nights to help you stay on course in your walk with God. Our Connect class is for anyone new to the church or anyone wanting to get more involved. It is a four-week class to help you learn about the church, help you get connected to God, and learn about your spiritual gifts. The Spirit-Filled Life four-week class will teach you how real friendship with the Holy Spirit can change your life. The four-week freedom class is designed to help you resolve conflict, break bondages, and renew your mind. The leadership class will teach you principles of leadership that you can apply in ministry, business, or in your home. Between our Connect, Spirit-Filled Life, Freedom, and Leadership classes, there is a Wednesday night class for everyone. Amen. Good to see everybody tonight. You feeling good? You look good. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad to be at church. Some of y'all, I believe it for real. Hey, we are glad that you're here. A lot of amazing things going on at Church on the Rock. You saw the few videos. The women's conference is coming up. I told Miss Linnell that, that got me so excited. I want to go to it, but uh, she'll put me she'll put me to work, so I'm not going to go to it. Uh, either way, but we have new ministry guys that are hot off the press. I encourage you to pick one of these up. If you're new to our church, this is basically everything that's going on this fall at the church. Uh, we encourage you jump in. Uh, we don't want to do life alone, do we? Man, I'm telling you, from kids to adults, everybody, there's something in here for you. We want you to check this out. Also, our inside look, it's brand new. If you are new again to this church, this is everything that we believe God's called us to do in this city. Take this home. We would love for you to know more about the church. Uh, as you just saw, this Wednesday night, our life groups are kicking off. You want to be here. You want to hang out from kids to you to adults. There's all sorts of equip classes. Connect class starts this Wednesday night at 630. And also, there's a worship experience every Wednesday night in here at seven o'clock. You can come early for prayer. Listen, we want to get connected to God. And this is such an easy time uh, when fall starts to set the priorities and set the pace of what your fall and really the rest of your year is going to look like. If we don't make a conscious effort to say, hey, I'm going to put God in my life and in my kid's life, you'll look up and it's December. Let's make a conscious decision that I'm going to get connected to the body of the church, right? Amen. Uh, also, right after service tonight, another way to get connected, to meet some people and get some good food is to hang out here in the Connect Cafe. They're having a potato bar right after service. So go. It's inexpensive and it's really good food. Amen? Amen. Well, it's offering time. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 11, going to verse 27. Uh, just an amazing story uh, in Acts chapter 11, but here's the tail end of it. It says this. This is from the ESV. It says, Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. Verse 29. So the disciples determined everyone according to his ability to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas, and Saul. And you can kind of read this story and you see basically the disciples, they raised money and they sent it back to bless these people because they were in need. And the key uh, verse here, it says, everyone according to his ability. And as I was thinking about this verse and kind of thinking about our ministry, God, the reason there's so many things going on in the life of our church is because people said, you know what, I have an ability, I have a talent, I have some time, I have some money, and I'm going to sow it into the kingdom of God. 
I'm telling you, this past Wednesday, we had so many amazing things going on. Kids Zone upstairs was packed out. Kids learning about Jesus, people getting saved, the youth. We had uh, over 160 people there. It was amazing. God's doing great things. There's all sorts of outreaches that are in this ministry, God. And I say that to say they're all possible because we give. None of us in here can do everything, but when we put our money, our time, our effort together, I'm telling you, Jesus can build something with that. Amen? Let's use our talents and our ability for him. And if you look at the screen, we have a few pictures. We have a team that just got back, actually, from Canada. Hope went, Bethany went, a great team went, and they ministered to kids for a week. Kids that don't have much, kids that are in need, and they blessed them. They baptized, what, 15, 20 kids? Uh, Hope got engaged in Canada. Can we give it up for her? I mean, she already had a boyfriend uh, that went with her. It's Blake Aubrey. We're so happy for them. But God's doing amazing things. And Miss Linnell actually has something real cool she wants to tell you about as well. We have a group of men right now as we speak that have worked since uh, they left the church at 5.30 this morning to um, help do some ministry at Rahab's retreat. They've been putting on soffit, soffit and fascia and replacing some rotten wood and some siding. But this is what they asked of you all tonight. They need to go back in the morning, and they're meeting here at 5.30, and they need 10 good men to go with them to go back and finish the project that they started at Rahab's Retreat, a place that's being open to rescue 130 women off the streets with sex um, prostitution. So if you're interested, come see me, and I will give you the information, or just show up tomorrow morning at 5.30. Here at the church. Scales upon my eyes 
eyes a moment and just reach out to heaven and could you just say in your own words, thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you for adopting me as your child. Thank you for calling me as a Christian, a son, or a daughter of God. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving us and not holding our sin against us. Thank you that we don't have to walk in condemnation and shame for no matter what we've done before. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, you loved us. And we just reach out to you because we want to know you more. Could you just say that to your Father in heaven? Say, Lord, I want to know you more. I don't want to just know about you, but I want to know you. And we welcome your presence this evening. Lord, I ask as they open the Bible tonight that your word would bring life to us that the Holy Spirit would speak through me and as we look at the scriptures tonight, we'll see how God's word is relevant for today. So speak to us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody say it. Amen. Amen. Hey, give your neighbor a high five. They're telling they're looking extra good. And you may be seated. Well, draw swords, everybody. And I don't mean the sword to fight a battle with a, somebody with a, you know, like a Taekwondo sword. I'm talking about the sword of the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God. So whether you uh, use a written one or whether you use one on your phone, how many know the Bible is indeed God's Word, and it has the power to change us? We're going to begin this evening the last verse of the book of Daniel. Daniel was an Old Testament prophet, and uh, the, last, the last verse is pretty insightful. When you think about Daniel, you think about a guy that uh, petted a lion on the head, but there's more to it than that. Let me share this verse with you, and it's a great verse, not just for history, but for the world in which we live today. Daniel 12, verse 13, God speaking to Daniel, he says, As for you, Daniel, go your way until the end. You will get your rest, and at the end you'll rise to receive your reward. Let's go pause for that just a minute. Daniel, go your way. In other words, you keep living your life, going on towards the goal of serving me. Attend to your office. Keep saying yes to God. Keep doing what you're doing until the end. And the end is until you die. And have me know Daniel is not alive today. So God was encouraging him, keep serving me until the day of your death. Then you'll get your rest. In other words, the body is in the earth, but one day resurrection will come. At the end or the end of time, when the last trumpet sounds, the Bible says the dead in Christ will rise and believers will rise to their reward. Now, how many know that's not an isolated Old Testament teaching? That's a New Testament teaching as well. Daniel was told to live today with a view towards eternity. Last week, we used the phrase significance. Live your life not just for success in this life, not just for success and a bigger bass and, you know, uh, a nicer shotgun or a bigger house or a bigger car or another degree or, or you know, the home run record or, you know, whatever, a business that's uh, grossing $10 million a year. Don't just live for success in this life. Live for significance. The difference is significance lasts for eternity, whereas success lasts for a lifetime. That's where we were last week. You remember we talked about Ananias. He was the man, you remember, his encounter with Saul of Tarsus had eternal consequences because he said yes to God. Now, the series we're on is, is called that very thing, The Power of Yes. And in this series, we're seeing that amazing things happen when we say yes to God. Yes to God. 
Amazing things happen simply when we say yes. Now, last week we learned that when we say yes to God, it opens the door to significance. Again, we talked about Ananias. We talked about, you remember, about Timothy's mother and grandmother that raised him or schooled him in the faith. He became the successor of Paul, and that's significance. In other words, we're building God's kingdom, and reward for that lasts for eternity. Well, this evening we're going to continue in the theme about finding significance, but what I want you to see this evening is significance is more than a one-time event. Again, last week we talked about a man, a very spiritual man. His name was Ananias. Early in the book of Acts, uh, Saul of Tarsus had been knocked off his horse. God was going to turn him into Paul the apostle, and he needed a Christian man to go and pray for him, for healing, for his blind eyes, that he'd be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he would be set on a course of literally transforming the world as the apostle to the Gentiles. Well, how many know that happened in, let's say, a day, or it could have been a couple days that he was with him, but it was a very short-lived thing. It was an experience, an opportunity that came one time and didn't come again in his life. But significance, as I want to speak about today, is not just a one thing that you do for God and you look back and say, remember what I did, you know, in, in 2012, or remember what I did in, you know, 2002. No, I'm talking about a lifetime of doing good. I'm talking about a lifetime of serving God. I'm talking about finding what I'm going to call this evening, my place. And when I use this phrase, my place, that's the title of the message. My place is simply knowing who God created me to be and using those abilities and talents to be able to advance his kingdom. Literally, figuring out how God has wired me. Because how many know everyone in this room, or every one of us is unique? None of us are like, I mean, if you just look around the room, if you just want to see just a little bit about the incredible nature of God, you cannot find one person that's just like you. Now listen, uh, they've got two legs, they've got two ears and a nose. Some noses are big and some are short, some are wide, some are narrow. But how many know a nose is a nose? Yeah. And God has this ability to have make uh, not only us in this room, but billions of people, all of us different and unique in the eyes of God, but yet all created with a purpose. And this evening, I'm going to talk about your uniqueness as a Christian. I'm going to talk about how God fashioned you to be different from anybody else on the planet. And He didn't do it arbitrarily. He did it for a reason and a purpose. Because you have been wired in a special way. God has given you gifts and abilities. And to find my place is to figure out how God's wired me and then give yourself to serving the Lord throughout your life because it'll last for eternity. It's eternally significant. My text for the evening is found in 1 Peter verse 4, or actually chapter 4 verse 10. I want you to read this with me. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says this, Each of you, come on, let's say it again and punch your neighbor and say, Each of you has received a gift to do what? serve other people. Be good servants of God's various gifts of grace. So in this theme, we're going to see this evening that all of us have a uniqueness about us. And as we begin to use that uniqueness in service to the Lord, it brings eternal reward. And that's where significance comes, by saying yes to my place. Let's uh, dig a little deeper here. You might want to go to Psalm 139. But again, let me pause a minute and say, what in the world is my place? Again, as I said, my place is knowing how God created me to be and using these abilities to do what he's called me to do. It's kind of like MySpace. Anyone remember MySpace? That was kind of a, you know, uh, young people, 
Uh, do you know MySpace sold for $500 million in 2005? I don't think they could get that much for it today. But, uh, you know, your kid doesn't want to do anything that mom and dad do. I mean, mom and dad are on Facebook, so the kids want Instagram. I mean, it's just, it's the world we live today. Well, MySpace used to be the place. That's kind of where technology got personal. And you had your own little space, and you kind of put on it whatever you want to. You kind of designed your life that you wanted to present to the public. That's probably where selfies started. You know, I can't, you can't take a picture with kids today, and they're not doing this. And some of you, too, because I see you on Facebook. But my place was where it started, where you post about yourself. That's my space. Well, my place is different. It's the way that God has shaped you. You see, I don't define myself. God created me uniquely to fulfill a purpose for his life. If you were to just listen casually to the voices of culture, you would think that we're just put on this earth to have fun. We're put on here to have a good time, to do what we want to do. Uh, years ago, the you know, Toyota said you can have, was it Burger King, you can have it your way. And in Toyota, my, what a feeling, your Toyota. Well, it was all about us, the hedonism of the 60s. And, and life revolves around me. Well, I want to tell you, friends, there's something bigger than just me. It's God and the eternal kingdom of God. And God has wired me in a very special way, and he's got things that I can do. Let me show you a little quick video. We just did a little interview uh, last Wednesday night, just a couple of our church members, and I want you to see something that resonates uh, in all their lives. Take a peek here real quickly. Hi, my name's Hope, and I serve on the worship team because it's a way to give my gift back to the Lord. It makes me feel like my voice matters. Hi, my name is Mary Block, and I serve at the Bi-State Jail. And the reason I serve there is because Jesus said to go into the prisons and minister to those behind bars. So that's what we're doing. We go in there and we love on those women in there, and it's just a great, great feeling. And it just gives you such a fulfilled feeling. I mean, you're, you're just, you go out of there, and it's like, even though you went to minister to them, you got ministered too. Hi, my name is Tiffany Grant. I work as a greeter here at Church in the Rock, and I do it because it's just a great way to let people know that they're welcome here, and it's fun to meet as many people as you can. I'm Susan Bolin, and I'm part of the Connect Ministry. Our ministry is aimed to help new people who are visiting to feel welcome, to answer their questions, to uh, make suggestions on groups they can go to or classes they can go to to go to the Connect class. We don't want them to come in and just see a large congregation and feel lost. We want them to feel the heartbeat of this church. And we do have a heartbeat for Christ here and we want them to be part of that. I love working with this ministry because first, it gets, I get to meet new people as they come in, our visitors. And second, it's just so much fun to see when they start serving and to become part of this body that is um, a welcoming body. Hi, I'm Terry Anderson and I serve in Celebrate Recovery. I serve in Celebrate Recovery because that's where God placed me to serve at. And I like to see people as they grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ and they're free for their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. I just enjoy serving in Celebrate Recovery and any other place in the church where I can serve because I want to be a part of the body of Christ. And uh, I get to meet new people and develop relationships and grow spiritually as I uh, do these things, and I enjoy it. Well. There's a my place for everyone in this room. And I'm not recruiting for a church activity. None of these people have their arms twisted or were, you know, recruited for a job and then begged to continue. It's like they found their sweet spot. 
In other words, all of us are created to be able to serve the Lord in some way that's unique to us. Uh, some people would hate it. I mean, there's people tonight that are serving in the nursery, not for, you know, a couple bucks an hour because they have a child and they have to work there, but because they love kids and they just hold those little babies and they sing over them. Listen, you couldn't pay me enough money to work in the nursery. You understand what I'm talking about? We're just different. Everybody is wired differently. I was in the Navy, and I was going to my, uh, my wife's dad's church a, a number of years ago, and we moved the church from one town to, from Mountain View to San Jose, and uh, I had been volunteering around the church, and I just I have kind of an organizer's knack and an act of administration, and I organized the whole move for the church, and we did it in one afternoon, and then they hired me to be the administrator. I mean, I mean we've, got, we've got knacks about us. Well, this is, this is biblical, this sweet spot. Nobody has to make you do it. Now, I pray, but I don't pray like Pat Stewart because she has a calling of an intercessor. I'm a nice guy, but listen, I don't, I, don't, I don't long to be a greeter in the lobby, you understand? But some people, that's what they're wired to do. I mean, I've known, for example, you saw Hope, and she was up here, and Hope is the girl that sings over here. Well, how many know that girl can sing? Yeah. Now, look, she can sing. Pastor Nick can play that guitar, yeah. and not to be outdone, somebody loved me so much they gave me a new tambourine. And I thought that I might just talk to you one day and see if I could find a place some here, uh, somewhere on this big old stage and bring my gift to the Lord. The problem, though, is you would leave if I played my gift regularly. But when somebody's gifted, it just works. I've known Mary Block for years. Mary has a passion for leading people that don't know Jesus, in, in, whether they're in jails, whether they're on the street. I mean, something energizes that woman to just get some sandwiches, make some peanut butter sandwiches, and go down the street and just start ministering to people. See, I've known Terry. Terry has served for years in our church to celebrate recovery. He came out of the drug world, and guess what? Now he has compassion for people that are still in it, and something has been birthed in his heart because he found my place. See, this is what we're talking about this evening. Psalm 139, listen to this. The psalmist is speaking to God and says, You created my inmost being. In other words, God, you made me the way I am. You fashioned my DNA, my personality. Uh, you knit me together in my mother's womb. This is why I believe a Bible-believing Christian would stand against abortion. And the hideousness of the Planned Parenthood videos, the barbarism... Uh, if you have not acquainted yourself, I wish I had more time to talk about that today. But the basis for me as a Christian that believes life has value, it's because we're created by God in the image of God. Come on, not just because we have utilitarian value to society. We are created by God in His image. All your days, verse 16, were ordained for me, were written in your book before one came to be. In other words, God knew that Lanelle and I would marry. He knew we'd be pastoring here in Texarkana in this, our 25th year. He said, you created my inmost being. You knit me together. My days were ordained. How, listen to this. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of God's thoughts towards me. If I were to count what, the way God thinks about me, God's thoughts about me would outnumber the grains of sand. This is a powerful picture of the God who created us with purpose. 1 Corinthians 12 says, You are the body of Christ. And, and how many know there's an each wearing your shoes? It's a little slow. I'm talking about you tonight. 
Each one of you has a part in the body of Christ. I mean, the local church, translocally in the broader body of Christ. Uh, he says again in Corinthians 12, 18, uh, our bodies have many parts, an eye, an ear, a nose, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Now, he's not talking about he could have put your nose up here. What he's saying is he's saying you as Christians are like the human body. And as a Christian, as the human body, I could be functioning as an ear or an eye or a nose. Imagine if you're a thumb in the body of Christ, how much easier it is to drink water, come on, when you've got a thumb. Because if you don't have a thumb, it's, it's hard to do most anything in life. You've got, to, you've got to almost use two hands to do some things. Well, it's talking about the value of every person in the body of Christ. And the variety of gifts. There are dozens of gifts in the body of Christ. Ephesians talks about gifted ministries, apostles and, and pastors and, and teachers and evangelists and prophets. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about the gifts of the Spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. It talks about prophecy, discerning spirits. Uh, it talks about the gift of healing, the working of miracles, prophecy, speaking in other languages, interpreting those languages, gifts of the Spirit. It talks about the gift of hospitality. The gift of helps. That's what you've got. You're nodding your head over there. You just, you just love to serve. You love to welcome people. You love to love on people. It's the gift of hospitality. It's the gift of serving. And God creates us that way. And the secret to significance in life is not that you just did one big thing for God, but it's to figure out how God wired you and just live a life doing that just like Daniel did all of his life. Um, we're created for a kingdom purpose. It's like Jesus is the coach of the football team. And we all show up on the first day of practice. Well, how many know you're not going to put your shortest, skinniest guy at tight end or tackle? I mean, when you get ready to pick out a tackle, I mean, you want the biggest, burliest guy that's there. I mean, I mean you want somebody that's tough to protect the quarterback. I mean, if you're looking for a tight end, you want somebody that's tall, somebody that's got good hands, somebody that can block and run and catch the ball with one hand and score touchdowns. I mean, and, and, and a good coach can, can put his team members where they best fit. And God has the best fit for you. And how many know it's not on the bench? If we're on the bench, it's not God's fault. You see, there's no one, you and I were created special by God, and there's no one else like you on this planet. Almost 7 billion people, not one of them has this matching fingerprints that you do. Not one of them has your DNA code. Not one of them has the same iris or retina. Now, the retinal scan, you see some, some of the, you know, the TV movies about super security, and they go up and it reads their eyes. It's because we're all different. Can you imagine? Every, and listen, people are being born. Thousands of people are being born every day across the world. And God keeps popping them out different and different and different and different and different. But he gives us not just outward differences. He gives us a different spiritual gift mix. And this is what I want to talk about the rest of the evening. I want to go to Romans chapter 12. And I want to talk about what I call motivational gifts. You're going to see here there's seven different, seven different gifts. And these are more like... You might even call them almost like a personality, a passion. It's kind of what, what, what works inside you to do what you do. Pastor Nick has a grace towards worship, but he also has a, a, a bent towards, towards uh, uh, connecting people. I mean, he's got to recruit a team, he's got to manage them, and he can't just say, Delana, help me. I mean, you've got to have certain gifts to be able to do the different jobs that we do in the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. God created a my place 
just for me. There is a sweet spot. In my own life, I have a combination of a, of a teaching gift, of a prophetic gift, uh, of a mercy gift. And God kind of shaped me this way in an administrative gift. And that's kind of who I am. And when I'm in my sweet spot, I can go all day long. But if you try to make me do something that I'm not geared to do, come on, I'll do it for a little while, but it won't last. It's just like the person who is working at the factory, who hates what they do, but only does it for the money and health insurance. I want to tell you, they are one unhappy puppy. They do not want to get up. They do not want to go to work. And some Christians approach life that way. But I'll tell you, if you find your sweet spot, you cannot wait for the next opportunity. I guarantee you there are people are here that have the gift of serving and know how to use a hammer. And when she said, get up tomorrow at 530, you, they thought, I'll be there. But there's, other, huh? but there's other people that say, what an ungodly hour at 530. Why don't they just hire somebody to do that? It's the gift of serving. Let's talk about these. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. For as in one body, and I want you as I go through these, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, what am I like? I guarantee your spouse can tell you. For as in one body, we have many members. It's talking about the body of Christ. Many members, and the members don't all have the same function. The human body now parallel to the body of Christ. So we, though many of us, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Listen to verse 6, the Message Bible. Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be. Isn't that powerful? Let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing your tambourine playing to Nick's guitar playing. Don't, don't, don't do that. Or trying to be something we aren't. The New Living Translation says, In His grace, God's given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So when God gives you a gift, that's not what you learned at college or learned at trade school. I'm talking about something that the Holy Spirit put inside you that becomes supernatural in its service. Let's look now. I'm going to give you seven of them. The first one is in verse 6. The first gift is called prophecy. And he says, if, if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy in proportion to your faith, or more clearly, in agreement with the faith, uh, reveal truth in Scripture. Prophecy is simply not just predicting, but prophecy is hearing a word from God that helps another person. Hearing a word from God that helps another person. And the Bible tells us it's a gift we all should desire. How I many know there's some gifts that we're born with, but some gifts we can pray and ask God to give us. You'll see here, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you should truly want to have spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Again, prophecy is the ability to hear something from the Lord and share it with another person. But verse 3 tells us, those who prophesy speak to people to give them, say it with me, strength, encouragement, and comfort. That is that God has spoken something to me to share with you that's going to strengthen you, encourage you, and comfort you. Let me tell you how this works. In my darkest hour as a Christian, when I was battling with a, a, a physical disease, a, a health deal, somebody came up to me in service, and they wrote this down. First, it was January 26th of this year, and then it was uh, July 5th. And they came up to me and said, The Lord woke me last night, and you were on my heart, and I began to pray, and he gave me these words for you. And I want to tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I've read this. Because in my darkest hour, when I didn't know where in the world was God and why in the world was this happening to me, and it was just like, it was like, and I want to be careful as I say this, but it was almost like I was reading the Bible. 
God's word was speaking through another person, and it reminded me of some things that I felt were true, and it gave me some hope about where I was going, and it strengthened me to the degree that I put it in my Bible, and every time I got a little down or discouraged, I'd pull it out and read it. Now, the Bible says uh, we're all encouraged to do this, to have this gift, and that doesn't mean we go around saying, God told me to tell you. I believe you should say, I believe the Lord told me to tell you. You want to submit it so it can be judged because I may know not everything in the name of God is God. But still, having said that, some people are so scared of past mistakes that they miss one of the greatest opportunities, the Holy Spirit in a person reaching out through another person with words to be able to help them. The Bible tells all of us, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, to desire this gift, this ability that we might be able to help other people with a living word from God. How I many that's pretty powerful? How many believe you may have that gift? Come on, let me see. Let me lift your hand real high. Yeah, yeah, all of us should say, Moses said, hey, look, in the Old Testament, he wanted everybody to prophesy, okay? All right, let's look at verse 7. He said, if your gift is serving, serving others, then serve them well. Now, all Christians are called to serve, but some people get fulfillment in a special way by serving. Serving sometimes just wears me out. Now, I serve, but it can wear me out. But a person with the gift of serving, every time there's an opportunity, they say yes. That's the, heart of a, that's the heart of a deacon or, 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 or a deaconess. It's sometimes called the ministry of helps. Uh, helping, helping others uh, fulfills people. If you've ever wondered when you've come to church and you notice in the back of those chairs, all that literature, all that literature is there and it's kind of perfect and, 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 it, and it means something. And, you know, we have uh, angels that come when you leave. Oh, yeah. They come when you leave, and they just show up, and they just they do these things magically. No. Somebody with a gift of service, and it's almost like they come several times a week. Different people do it, but it's, you don't have to beg them to do it. They just, like, tell the staff, hurry up and get out of there. We want to do this. And it's not because they got something else to do. It's because it's, it's like a calling. Amen. And can I tell you, one of the most important gifts in the body of Christ today is this ministry of helps, this ministry of serving. I mean, it is a powerful gift because it makes the church go forwards. You know, how I many know in today's world of technology, it wouldn't be near as good as it is. Come on, if you didn't have people in that booth tonight, come on, that have the gift of serving, come on, through this means of technology. Give them a big hand back there. They do an exceptional job. An exceptional job. I think they're all single, but Andy, too. I've been encouraging them to put their pictures on the screen here. They're, they're all kind of looking, so maybe next week they'll, they'll do that for us. But they're serving. Take the guys that got up this morning, worked all week long, and a lot of them in construction, and, and, and there was just a call that went out, go with us to work at Rahab's deal, and then they said, the project's not done. We want to come back. We want to do it tomorrow. Now, again, some people do it because there's a need, because it's an obligation, but some people just have it in them because when they're serving people, they realize they're serving the Lord. Yeah. How many people feel like you have that gift in your life? Yeah. Well, what does the Bible say to do? The Bible says, serve them well. Verse 7 also says, the one who teaches in his teaching. In other words, if your gift is teaching, then teach. Teachers show us how to do things. For example, in your ministry, God, and this is one of the most powerful pieces of literature we put out. In this ministry, God, there's a marriage group, and they're doing a series, a video by Jimmy Evans, the largest marriage ministry in America today. Well, how many know he's a teacher? 
And as a teacher, a God-ability teacher, you didn't just learn how to do it because you, you got a degree in teaching. It's a gift that goes with this. And the teacher has an ability to learn a subject, make it relevant, and then impart it in such a way that it changes people's lives. Do you know Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for... They're destroyed. Whether they don't know how to live their marriage, they don't know how to parent their children, they don't know how to manage their money. Come on. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know anything about the Bible. But when a teacher comes, how I many know they can fill that void? And rather than people being destroyed, they can be made strong because of the ministry of a teacher. See, that's where life groups come into play. Uh, just finding opportunities, some on Wednesday nights, some on Sundays. If you're a teacher, you need to teach. And whether it's adults or whether it's children, have me know the body of Christ is in desperate need because the world is so confused it didn't know what to do. Come on. How many believe you say, I got a little teacher in me? Let me see your hand. Yeah. Well, the Bible says you need to be teaching. Verse 8, if your gift is to encourage others. Now, some translations say exhorting, like the preacher, but most of them, they say the word encourage. If your gift is encouraging others, then be encouraging. Now, let me tell you, that is a huge, huge gift that's needed in the body of Christ. 2 Corinthians 7, uh, Paul Toss said this. He said, but God, who encourages those who are discouraged, encouraged us by the of Titus. So here's the apostle to the Gentiles who's discouraged and bummed out, but all of a sudden a guy comes up to him named Titus, and he said, my brother, and they reach out to him, and they embrace him, and all of a sudden he feels better because somebody reached out to him. Can I tell you, everyone in this church needs that gift. I guarantee you two-thirds of the people that come to church on any given weekend are coming and they need to be lifted up a little bit. If all I did was beat you on the head with the Bible, you'd find another church. Listen, I have people tell me all the time, look, I want you to step on my toes, but I also want you to lift me up. Don't just beat me down. You understand what I'm talking about? See, it's like we, we all know that God cares about us and our troubles, but sometimes I just need somebody with skin on to reach out to me and tell me it's going to be okay. I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how much the body of Christ helped me when I was, when I was sick. Uh, Facebook, Facebook posts, uh, text messages, letters. I'm telling you, people are hungry for encouragement. And it is not a hard thing to do. How many know you get the Holy Spirit working in you and you get a scripture? You come to this church on Saturday night and you come with the intent not just to enjoy the worship and hear, uh, uh, hear a sermon, but you come with something to give and be a blessing to people. You have a scripture or two that you prayed all week and say, Lord, what can I bring to people? And you see them in the hall and you love on them and you bless them, but you give them some words of life. How many know the gift of encouragement is needed in the body of Christ? Well, see, we're just wired this way. Some of you are wired to be a gloomy Gus. But some people just lift you when you're around them. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 says, if your gift is giving, then give generously. Now, how many know everybody's called to give in the body of Christ? Just like everybody's called to share their faith. Everybody's called to serve. But some people have the unique gift. You know it takes three kinds of people to make a church healthy and strong? You know what kinds of people they are? What do you think? You already know. Come on. Leaders, servers, and givers. Leaders, servers, and givers it takes to make, make a church thrive and to make a church go. Well, you know, God has given some people the ability. He's either given them wealth 
or he's given them the ability to make wealth. And it's not just to have bigger of this and that, but it's to bless the kingdom. I don't know if you remember several months ago when Jay Threadgill was here, he was talking about the need for a children's church building. And uh, he said, you know, I, I, when he was talking to me about it, he says, yeah, it's $25,000. And I said, oh, great. Well, I hope you get a little bit. Well, there's a thousand people here that weekend, and together we probably raised five, maybe six thousand dollars. But one person God had blessed wrote a check out for twenty-five thousand dollars, and I made it a point to thank him. And I said, by the way, I talked to Jay today, and he said the hurricane fizzled out; it didn't hurt him at all. But he said we've got the building, the foundation, the skin up, and we've just got the roof on it, so the kids will be meeting under a roof roof structure today. We've still got to put the the sides up and electrical and things in it. But anyway, somebody had the ability to write a check for twenty-five thousand dollars, and I said, why'd you do that? The Lord told me to do it. Isn't that exactly how we should live our lives? And then not just, but, but see what we have as being entrusted by God because it helps the kingdom to be able to advance. I mean, we're in desperate need for more space, and I'm going to try to give you an update next week. We've been revising our plans for our new uh, building expansion because it just costs more than we had to do it. Well, how many know somebody that God has blessed could be the answer to the church's needs to be able to minister to more and more people? It's the gift of giving. It's in the body of Christ. Verse 8, if God has given you leadership ability, what's it say? Take the responsibility seriously. Can I tell you one of the greatest needs in America today, and I don't mean just in the church, I mean in politics, I mean in education, I mean in the media, I mean everywhere in society are Christian leaders to step up to the plate. I mean, there's a need of Davids across America to stand up because there's a Goliath there that has stopped the advancement of righteousness. There is a need for Joshua's to step up when Moses dies. There's a need for Esther's to step up when Haman's trying to destroy America. I'm telling you, our nation is falling apart. And Christians, my friend, have the ability to influence, whether it's a leader on a baseball team, come on, whether it's a, whether it's a leader that functions in the school board, or whether it's someone that leads in children's ministry in church, I'm telling you, if God has given you the gift of leadership, God expects you to use it. We need your gift in the body of Christ. We need your gift, and there's a wide open door. Well, listen, there's lots of... Uh, well, here's the last one, verse 8. There's a gift called mercy. There's a gift called mercy. This functions in me to a degree. It's called kindness. My grandmother had this, the one who immigrated from the Baltic state of Latvia. She said when they're coming across Europe, she said we'd go in towns. We wouldn't have any food for several days. And she told me stories time and again where she'd end up with a piece of bread and she'd be around someone else or some other children and they'd look at that bread and she only had one piece and she'd just go to tearing it and giving people some. Because, listen, because mercy moves you to do things. Listen to what the Scripture says. If you do acts of mercy, show kindness with cheerfulness. The Message Bible says, if you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or be depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. But I want to tell you, friends, one of the greatest things that touches the heart of God is that people that care about hurting and needy people. Amen. This is something that makes me so proud of our church. If you look at this church, this is not a one-flavor church. You know, when, how many like ice cream? Soft-serve ice cream where well, you can get vanilla or chocolate. Well, look, ours doesn't just have vanilla and chocolate swirled in there. It's got about ten different colors swirled in there together. And I'll tell you, I am so proud that people whose lives have had a level of brokenness in it can come to the house of the Lord, come on, and feel like they're valuable in the eyes of God. 
the most segregated hour on Sunday morning uh, in, a, in the week is Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Now, here we are on Saturday, but it's because most people want to be with people like them. I believe Jesus wants a church, come on, that's going to be like heaven one day, that there's rich and poor and black and white and educated and uneducated and Hispanic and Oriental. We're all different, but God cares about those that are hurting and broken. Come on, whether they're the children of a divorce, whether it's a homeless person or someone stuck in the hospital, the gift of mercy is needed. Now, let me wrap this up. How do I find my place? How do I get started? Well, practically, let me tell you this. First of all, we have something called the Connect class. It's designed for new people. It starts this Wednesday, 630. We've got a spiritual gift test and coaches, and we'll help you do that. But here's what I would say to you. I would get the, the bulletin in our church or this ministry guide, and I would just start experimenting. I would start going to a different thing every week until I found something that resonated with me. Because here's the deal. If you just sit around and waiting for a lightning bolt from heaven, it may never come to you. I'm telling you, listen, I, it, Jesus has already told us to go. How many know Jesus told in, in, in Mark chapter 15, he told his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to people. And here's where we make a mistake, I think. I think sometimes we as Christians are waiting around for the lightning bolt from heaven before we get off our rear ends and do anything for God. But what the Lord has already told us to go. And I suggest we live our Christian life just like we drive our cars. We don't stop at green lights. We go until the light turns red. And I suggest to you, my friends, when you see needs you can meet, when you see opportunities to serve people, you just start stepping into those things. You just start going, and you could well find yourself being used by God in an amazing way. I'll tell you, as I look on this little deal here, I'm amazed at how many outreaches that are continually started in our church. But one caught me called Project Hope, Ministering the Poor and Needy of Texarkana, and it's the Rayfields. It's a couple that just felt a burden and started going down to, I guess they call it Church Under the Bridge, or they're ministering homeless people. Well, all of a sudden, they found out that homeless people don't have a way to do their laundry. So they started a laundry ministry. They started serving breakfast on the second Saturday. They're planning for Thanksgiving baskets and then a Christmas party like we did last year for the moms that don't have anything for their kids. Now, can I tell you what? You just get out there and you touch it and something resonates in you. And if you've got the gift of mercy, come on, the gift of administration, you can just begin to birth something around you that'll have eternal consequence and significance. And can I tell you, friends, that's pleasing to the Lord. So my advice to you is live your Christian life just like you drive your car. Go until God says stop rather than waiting from the headlights from heaven. Come on to shine on your life. Come on, give him a big hand today. Let me wrap up with this little quick video from, from one of our, our, our church members. She's actually on staff now. Her name is Whitney Jackson. We're going to close with this. I think this will touch your heart. I'm Whitney Jackson, and I serve alongside my husband, Travis, as the next-gen pastors here at Church on the Rock. Travis and I have been serving in the ministry here for nine years, and during that time, I've worked as a teacher and then a school counselor at TISD. I've always known that I wanted to go to the ministry full-time, and, and um, there was just a pulling on my heart just to come here about a year ago. 
and God opened up the door and he really provided for us just to come over here, but it was a big decision to make. It was a big sacrifice. I left a really good job that I really enjoyed doing. Um, whenever I was working at the district, God just taught me all kinds of things on how to help counsel people, how to help people through their educational process, how to run a school system. And during that time, I didn't realize that he was showing me and preparing me for what I'm doing right now, which is launching some school and ministry. It's just so crazy to see how God worked everything out. Whenever I sacrificed, said yes to Him, then He opened up a door to do exactly what I love to do, which is education here in full-time ministry. God has been working so much in our lives. Hey, Travis. Hey. That's good. Uh, just like what Whitney was saying, I found my place here at Church on the Rock as well uh, when I said yes to the Lord. When I graduated uh, from college, uh, I had aspirations to actually go to law school and to go in that direction. I had an undergrad in poli-sci and the Lord turned my heart and nine years later, uh, we've been doing full-time ministry with youth and with college and, and now doing the Sun School of Ministry. And God's just been really good to us, to our family. Uh, Whitney coming on here, we get to see our kids all the time. And uh, when you say yes to God, amazing things happen in your life. And that's what we want to encourage you to do. Say yes to God. Yeah. Okay, this is my inner room. So, <laughs> say yes to the Lord. Find your place here at Church on the Rock. Make sacrifices for Him. It will be worth it. Even though you can't see the future, you can't see what God is doing, if you say yes to Him, He will carry you through, and He will take you to the place that you're called to be. Praise the Lord. Why don't you stand to your feet? And amazing things do happen when we say yes to God. But here's what I want to leave you with this evening. It's a passage from Isaiah 6. Isaiah the great prophet, the one who looked ahead and saw the future, the one who held the nation together in difficult times. He began his ministry this way. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then he said, Here I am. Send me. And then God said, Go. I want to tell you, friends, if you are willing and available, to be used of God, the sky's the limit. Because God has designed us all in a unique way, and He's waiting for us to take the step. How I many know direction from God's like riding a bicycle? When you start moving, it's easy to turn that bicycle. How I many know it's pretty hard to turn it when it's standing still? But when you begin to move, you'll find yourself right in the will of God. Well, Lord, today that's exactly what all of us want here tonight. Come on, reach out to God with me. Just close your eyes and just have a moment with God and say, Lord, that's what I want in my life. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to make a difference. Lord, I, I want to pray that you help me find my sweet spot, that I don't live another year of my life having slipped through my fingers without beginning to give my life serving you. For none of us, Lord, know how long we're going to be on this planet, but each one of us want to say yes to you each day of our life because one day we're going to be just like Daniel, and he'll say... Go your way until the end, and then you'll rest. But one day you'll rise to your inheritance. And we want to hear you say, well done. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We want to say, yes. We're going to close with one song this evening and an opportunity for personal prayer. If you're here this evening and there's some struggles in your life, there's some needs that you have, we didn't have the opportunity sooner, but we'd love to do it now before you go. Let somebody believe God with you for a miracle moment. But maybe something in this message touched your heart. 
Maybe you're just so busy with everything in the world and, and God hadn't got you in that rhythm yet of serving Him. Maybe you just need some help being able to sort it out and figure out what to do. Let's pray for you. Maybe you're serving the Lord, but it's not fruitful. I don't know what it may be, but anything going on in your world that touched your heart in this message, you need to respond to God. You let us pray for you. Most importantly, though, if you're here tonight and say, Pastor, my great need tonight is I need to get right with God. I need to get saved. I need to put my trust in Christ. I need God's forgiveness for my sins. I don't want to leave this place the way I came, but I'm ready to receive Christ as my Savior because I need a brand new start in life. My friend, if that's your heart, Jesus will meet you right where you are. And as others are coming to prayer, if you want to commit your life to Christ, if you've gotten away and want to get back to the Lord, you just come over at this cross to your right as we begin to sing this song and somebody will meet you there and they'll pray for you. But whatever your needs are, our prayer team is going to come right now. And as they're making their way around the altar, our prayer team is just going to slip up here. We'll sing this song one last time and dismiss. I love you very much. Thanks for coming. If you need prayer, come on up tonight and let somebody pray with you. If you need to make a commitment of your life to Christ, don't leave this place until you do. I love you. He whispers in my ear, tells me that I'm fearless. Shares a melody, tells me to repeat it. And he makes me whole. He reminds my soul. I am more, he says I am, I am more, but he says I am, I am more, but he says I am, and he says I am. going to remain around front. If you need prayer, hey, let somebody pray with you. Don't leave this place without letting somebody agree with you in prayer. But if not, hey, hang out with some friends in the cafe. We look forward to seeing you next week. God bless you.